This episode of the Fabulous Learning Nerds is sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, win time, activity periods, RTIs, counselor, and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash B to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E. Hey, everybody. Jill Seeley is back with us this week to talk about psychometrics and, more importantly, the predictive index and how we can use it to build better leadership courses and to help identify people's strengths and weaknesses so we can all be more productive and happy at work. We have a very unique email at the beginning of the show that I'm sure you're all going to like. And stick around at the end of the episode for some really awesome stuff. Cue the music. They are the fabulous learning nerds. Because if you're tired of the old ways of getting it done, you've got the fabulous learning nerds. Scott and Dan are making it lots of fun. The best ideas that you've ever heard. So everybody spread the word. They're going to keep you with turning the fabulous learning nerds. Fabulous learning nerds. Oh, yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode, pre-holiday weekend episode of your fabulous learning nerds. I'm your host, Scott Schutte. And with us, as always, you love him. He's the man. Dan Coonrod. Dan the man. Hey, Dan. What's up, Scott? How much, man? How you doing? I'm fair to Midland, sir. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say I was looking forward to, to you saying that. Um, do you got any Memorial Day weekend plans, sir? I do. I am going to drive out and see some friends. They live about eight hours away, so I'm going to take my fancy car and I'm going to drive out there. And then uh, my mother uh, guilted me into driving and seeing her. She didn't have to guilt me, but she did anyway. And uh, so then from seeing my friends, I'm going to drive and see my folks. And then I'm going to circle back home. It's going to be a road trip weekend on the most dangerous weekend to drive. So I'm super excited. You're going to drive the family truckster all weekend I, long? I am. I am. Okay. All right. That, that reference didn't go over your head? It did. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The, okay, well, we'll have to ask our special guest. Everybody, I know it's a sad thing, like, uh, Abby's not with us tonight. Abby took the week off, which is fine. She can take a week off. Uh, but we did bring in almost the next best thing uh, with us. Uh, returning guest, everybody, please welcome Jill Seeley. Hey. Jill, my friend. Yes, Scott. Do you, do you do you understand the uh, family truckster reference? No, I do not. <gasps> I know. I feel. Oh I feel like I failed already. My heart. Oh my is, goodness. My heart and, is full of fail. We we made you an honorary nerd, and you okay. Um, National Lampoon's Vacation. Oh man! The Green Station Wagon, yes. aka yes. The family truckster sold to yes. um, Chevy Chase by one Eugene Levy, by the way, right. who was in that movie, amongst a bunch of other fabulous cameos. Um, maybe I'll find Holiday Road and play it in your honor, sir, at the end of the show. So that'd be great. <laughs> Phenomenal. Okay, Jill, well, hey, well, welcome back. We certainly appreciate that you're here. You've got a fantastic topic for us today, which is great. Uh, but before we get to that, we actually, we, we've got another email, everybody. So let's go check that out. Hey, it's email time. All right. Would you believe it that we've got another email? And that's great. And every time we get an email, oh, by the way, if you would like to email us, you can email us at learningnerdscast at gmail.com. And when we get your email, we'll be sure to le read it. Um, Dan, remember last week we got that very cryptic email from Sergeant Catherine Claude? Yeah, I do. I do. Do you remember that it Did was? Did she a, respond? 
She did. She wrote us back. Oh, fantastic. Yes, she wrote it. For those of us that did not uh, participate in the show last week or didn't listen to it, uh, it, she wrote uh, to us and she just said, hola. And I responded to that email and I said, hola. And that was great. And we thought it was very cryptic. Well, I've got a really lengthy response to that hola. It came back to me in Spanish, which... I do not speak, but I could totally see why they wrote back in Spanish because we've been, you know, hola, hola, okay, great. But thanks to Google Translate, we have um, Sergeant Catherine and Claude's response. And I'm going to go ahead and read, uh, read it now. Uh, this is a very unique email. <clears throat> My darling. Well, that's very presumptuous. Uh, wow, that's yeah, like I know, right? For sure. You're yeah. the girl who goes for it. I guess so. Thank you for your friendship. Well, also very bold. So I would like to introduce myself to you. Oh, that's nice. My full name is Sergeant Catherine Claude Hester. I am 29 years old, single, and have never been married before in my life. This doesn't sound like it's going to a good place. I don't know if it's going to a very good place at all, but um, I, 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 I feel compelled to continue to read. I'm a U.S. citizen. I am serving as a registered nurse in military health care in the United States of America. But now I have been transferred to Afghanistan, Kabul, for the peacekeeping mission as a military nurse. Okay, great. You know that my work is very hectic for the safety of human beings here. Well, that is great. We are so glad that you are saving lives in Kabul, Afghanistan. That's fantastic. Uh, however, it is a pleasure to have you as my friend. Dan, she is she is very pleased that we are her friends. Isn't that oh, awesome? Oh, that's fantastic. That's nice. Yeah, great. Getting to know each other is a gradual process, and here are some things I think you should know about me. Well, I already know a heck of a lot more than I needed to know <laughs> about her, uh, but here are some more interesting things. I am still in Kabul, Afghanistan now. But I will return to my country very soon, as ordered by our president. Should it is be very our good country? to have you. I mean, if, never mind. Forget it. Shh. <laughs> I'm getting to that. Okay. Good. It is very good to have you as my new friend. And I pray that Almighty God will help us to have a mutual friendship that will benefit us in the future. I am so delighted to meet you here on Face-Book. Face-Book. Please, dear. Can you tell me more about yourself, mainly on how old are you? Are you single? What is your occupation? I've been waiting for your kind reply. Her friend, Sergeant Catherine Claude Hester. So, there we go. So, um, Dan, what are your thoughts on our email from Sergeant Catherine Claude Hester? So, do you think she's not in learning and development? I would love to have her do a PI. I'm guessing she might be a promoter profile. <laughs> but also I feel like she should take like a class on prospecting emails that that work. <laughs> that that is all very very true. Um yeah, I'm I'm convinced that uh Catherine Sergeant Catherine Claude Hester is not the real Sa Sergeant Catherine Claude Hester because I looked her up because we could do that. Thank you, Internet. And um, I'm pretty sure that uh, this is a love scam. Oh, yeah. There you go. There's our, uh, there's our email for the week, everybody. Um, I think that's an opportunity for you to sharpen your creative writing skills. And I think you should tell her a sob story, like you are an out-of-work elephant trainer. And you've recently joined PETA because you've seen the error of your ways and you could really use her to send you a gift card. So you could I guarantee you, Joe, they're gonna ask for gift cards. I know. I know it. I know they're gonna I know that. It's it's about preemptive striking. I think so. All right. Well listen, if if you are uh, an email scammer, whether for love or other things, please email us at um, learningnerdcast at gmail.com. There it is. So um, without further ado, let's go ahead. Joe, we brought you here for a reason. Uh, and why don't we go ahead and get into the topic of the week, shall we? Are you ready? 
this is how I feel after getting a, an email like this. That's phenomenal. It is. Jill. Yes, sir. Thank you for being on our show. Thank you for having me, Scott. Thank you for not being a um, gift card hungry um, scam artist. Wait, 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 wait. Who said I wasn't? <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> don't don't sully my reputation. <laughs> like, right? Like, that was bold, you know, assumptions, Scott. We haven't even talked about that. <laughs> no, we haven't. You know, one of the great things about this uh, this show is that we've met, met so many wonderful people, and Joe and I have become actually really close friends after our uh, first interview. And so I called her up this afternoon and said, hey, you want to come on the show? And she's like, great. And you've got some really exciting things that are going on in your life. We're going to get into that. But one of the, aside from being this totally awesome person and um, a queen of all things coaching, um, you also are an expert uh, in this world of, predictive index right so we get to go ahead and and find out you know who we are and how we should uh, work more effectively together uh strength-based um myers-briggs all that gro groovy stuff and today i i believe you wanted to go ahead and share your experiences and your expertise around the predictive index sure we're gonna dive deep into the world of psychometrics if that's not a learning nerd topic i don't know what is i mean Psychometrics just sounds fun and nerdy, right? It it certainly sounds fun and nerdy. Before we go into there, um, Dan, what um, what uh, aside from PI, which you just took a few moments ago, like what uh, what what have you? What's your experience been with um, measurement scales? Those kind of psychometric scales, so to speak. I mean, so. Uh, like obviously, I, I say obviously, but I, I think a lot of people have probably heard about MBTI, the Myers Briggs, mm -hmm. and I know I don't know. I, I think you and I have talked about this before. We can jump into this later on. I a lot of my concerns around psychometrics and around um, some of the science involved is how it changes how we view people. I go from looking at somebody as a coworker, and then I see them as like a as a as an introvert, because now I've like we've done, dove into their personality, and I, so I, that's one of those things that I'm kind of tentative on. So I'm super excited to talk to Jill about predictive index, like just looking around, researching. Like there's a lot of really good press about it. So mm -hmm. Jill, I'm hoping you can get me turned around. So. Thank you again for having me, guys. And I love talking about coaching. I love talking about people development and learning. And I, I am a full-on learning nerd when it comes to predictive index and have been certified in talent optimization. And I've trained um, and been a consultant for PI. Um, PI, is a, there's a lot of psycho. Let's start by just clearing the air. There's a lot of psychometrics. And there's a lot of different evaluations uh, and there are a lot of assessments, period. And I think one of the distinctions between uh, a, an assessment and a psychometric is the scientific validity of the instrument, right? These aren't tests. These are assessments. And uh, predictive index has actually been around more than 50 years. It was established by... Um, Arnold Daniels, who was a in World War II, and he was a fighter pilot, and and he had manned the most missions without any casualties, and basically the military came to him and said, you know, is there something you can do to help us figure out is is there a a way we can measure whether somebody's going to be a better a fit for a bombardier than a fighter pilot. Is there a distinction there? And so he really got into the whole idea of, you know, can we measure um, ways to predict human behavior? And that's really what predictive index was formed around is for placing people in the right positions based on how they're naturally hardwired. And there's a lot of psychometrics out there that are not scientifically validated for selection in hiring because many of them do have inherent bias. 
uh, whether it's cultural or gender bias. So if you want to completely rely on just a psychometric or a cognitive assessment for hiring, uh, you may be going about things the wrong way because the whole person comes to work. But a cognitive assessment and a psychometric like the PI um, can increase the likelihood of success of your hire um, by leaps and bounds, right? And when we talk about, you know, why bother? That's kind of one of the questions. So we all have behaviors, right? And our behaviors are fed by our internal needs. And our needs kind of come about from these intrinsic drives. So if I ran into you, Daniel, and you, Scott, at a coffee shop, and, you know, you had a sandwich, and uh, and this could actually happen now that we're getting close to real life again where we can actually do these things, right? So we, we go into a little cafe down down around the corner, and I see you guys sitting there. Um, I could assume that you were both in that uh, cafe to have a sandwich to feed your internal need to survive, right? But if I just see your behavior, I'm guessing at what's driving it. But if I can measure the drive that you have intrinsically, then I can predict the needs and therefore predict the behaviors. So you never know. Scott, you might be there to fulfill a need to just connect socially because you're an extrovert, right? Um, as are you, Daniel, my fellow maverick. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but we, we, some people might be there because they're using free internet. The, the point of the matter is when we can me measure behavioral drives, we can then predict behaviors. So predictive index really looks at four key behavioral drives. It looks at dominance, extroversion, patience, and formality. And to break those down in a very simple, simple terms, dominance we think of as um, how you generate and value ideas. I always say people with a high dominance, they like their ideas best. People that have more on the collaborative side, they like the best ideas. Right, Scott? That is right. Because <laughs> we already know that Scott's a collaborator, right? We don't know that yet. You haven't told anybody, but no, you gave okay, that away. Yeah, I know. I'm, no. I'm giving little. I'm giving. I'm dropping little breadcrumbs here. Um, and then we, we look at extroversion. And Daniel, you brought up a really good point about you know you don't want to be labeled as an introvert or extrovert. And I feel like these terms get really lost in the shuffle and sometimes misconstrued because some of the friendliest like. Uh, people that I know, people that want to be around people are introverts. However, when we look at it in terms of a behavioral drive of extroversion, I look at it as how we best like to communicate. And people who are high in extroversion, they like to talk things through. Whereas people who are lower on that drive like to think things through. So it's like, one side, they talk to think, and the others think to talk. Um, and it's it's a big distinction because you can also, there's studies and, and articles where you can see introversion versus extroversion as people who are extroverted, their internal fuel tank is filled by interaction with others, whereas people who are introverts, maybe they enjoy it just as much, but it doesn't fuel their tank as much as it kind of drains their tank, right? So we, we really want to look at this not as a way to label people, but as a way to understand how they prefer to interact, what, they're, what they feel most comfortable, and how they are likely going to succeed given a certain set of expectations. Um, and I'll give you an example. So, oh, going back, there's two others. So the the patience level you can see is I have very little. I have the attention span of a gnat. I'm a high driver. Um, Dan, you are you are almost identical to my pattern, but I'm so off the charts on the dominant, and you're more people oriented. Um, but you're also a maverick, which means you're an innovative, outside of the box thinker who is undaunted by failure. Um, which how do, how much do you love? Now you can give yourself the label of maverick, and you can tell people it's scientifically validated. 
Um, <laughs> Hold on one second. So if Daniel is Maverick, mm-hmm. does that make me Goose? No, my, that yes. makes you a collaborator. But yes, you, you can be Goose if you'd like. <laughs> really? I don't want to be Goose. That's not, that's not an official reference profile from Predictive Index. But, you know, I feel like, Scott, if anybody's taught me anything, you've taught me that you can be anything in the world that you just set your mind out for if you surround yourself by the right people and you're willing to learn it, right? Well, I, I agree with that. And this is fascinating. And, and, and you are dropping the knowledge hardcore. And I Sorry. <laughs> really, no, no, I really appreciate that. I, that I'm getting all, um, a much deeper dive on this than, than normal. And, um, I, and I, I'm just, I can't wait to get to the next session, section. My experience with psychometrics, I, aside from strength-based um, uh, applications, right? So your top five. Um, Dan, have you done strength-based? I, I've done it once. I've picked up a book and I ran through it, but my, my knowledge of it is, is shaky at best. Yeah. So from a leadership perspective, if I know my team's strengths, I can play up to those. That has helped me a, a great deal. But for the most part, from a psychometrics perspective, I always found it to like, like Myers-Briggs, oh, I know about myself, but I never really applied it to the people around me. So I'm really, really interested around benefits uh, as you talk about, you know, identifying people, identifying strengths and, and opportunities with folks and then putting them in position to win, right? So if I think about the learning experience or think about the leadership experience for me, it's all about finding out what people do best, right? And then putting them into position to win. Wow, oh, I thought you were talking about Strength Finder. Which it was is, I think is another Finder, one of yes. those. Okay. Yes. Okay. Same page. So um, throughout its history, predictive index has been used to identify and put the right people in the right positions. Um, so just to kind of give an example, um, with my high level of dominance, very low patient, and guess what? I need very little rules and structure. I like to do things my way. I want to do them fast and I want to win and get the job done and I want to move on to the next thing. Um, So if I am applying for a job, um, you know, and I'm a reasonably intelligent person. I've picked up on a lot of different things in my lifetime. Um, I'm not going to say that I'm the smartest, you know, bug in the bush, but I will tell you that if you put me in a job at a nuclear power plant, let's say, as their safety manager, and my job was to safety check gauges and dials all day long, keep accurate records and readings on a spreadsheet, and there's a red button that says, do not push me in any circumstance. Um, and I had to sit there for 12 hours a day and monitor the all of these safety protocols. Could I do it? Of course I could do it. I'm smart enough to figure out how to do that. But would I love it? Absolutely not. And eventually, I'm going to get bored. I'm pressing the button just to see what the hell happens. Chernobyl 2 is exactly what will result. And then somebody is going to have to wonder why the hell did we put this girl in this position? She's just not made. She's not cut for it. Right. So it doesn't tell you what you can do it or if a job will hold your interest um, or if you can do a job, but will it hold your interest? Sorry, rather. Um, and whether it'll fuel how you are intrinsically wired to want to work. So just to give an example, um, you know what? If you worked for me, Dan, I would make sure that you had opportunities to sit at the decision-making table, but I would make sure that you had a team that you felt that you could really be there for and give them what they need. I would make sure that as your leader, you had ample time to talk things through with me. My door would always be open. I would make sure that you were not working on the same project every day over and over that wasn't varied or different. I would give you very little rules. I would give you a high-level overview of exactly what needed to happen and tell you however you need to do it, go figure it out. And you would love your job and you would never leave me. No, that sounds pretty accurate. Yeah, so says Homer. <laughs> Don't! So really, you know, what we then look at is, is a lot, it's all about clarity and alignment. And Scott, we've talked about this a lot, about managers' expectations. So um, imagine if every role within your organization had the top managerial leadership and HR stakeholders all 
completely clear and aligned on a target for exactly what every role should expect from the person performing it. And that's what you use to interview and hire for that role. That's what you use to coach and to base their performance, bringing on people who are naturally wired to be able to meet those expectations and love doing it. Yeah, that's really interesting. So I know in our organization, we, we don't do anything like this before we hire anybody. Like we don't have them take predictive index or Myers-Briggs or anything to figure out who they are. Uh, a lot of times it happens in um, leadership development so that we can understand each other a little bit better and all that good stuff. Are there organizations or would you even suggest that organizations do it? Because it feels kind of... Absolutely. In fact, organizations have been doing it for 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 50 years and there's 50 years of um, validity data out there about the impacts and the ROI. Um, but over the last couple of years, Predictive Index has really had a transformation in terms of upping, it, upping its game and not just being a tool for hiring, but really a, a strategic executive leadership and business tool that allows you to align the people and the talent in your organization and your talent strategy with your business strategy. And it, it really takes all of this and puts it all into the context of your business goals and then gives you all the tools that you need to help individuals become aware of their roles and responsibilities and understanding that for every strength and superpower we have, it can also be a blind spot. So self-awareness is the number one predictor of leadership success. And when we have self-aware leaders, um, Matt, so we, the uh, CEO of Predictive Index recently talked about seeing the back of your T-shirt. Like we can all see what's on the front of our T-shirts that we're wearing, right? But we forget about what's on the back. Predictive Index bring aware, brings awareness to what's on the back of our shirt. So we can really see ourselves from not just looking in the mirror, but really looking from outside ourselves. And that kind of self-awareness of our strengths, but also when we over-rely on our strengths, how they can, you know, derail us if we're not careful is really, really important. Um, so when we look at teams and we look at how they are best wired in terms of the work style, whether they're innovators or they're process and precision people, maybe they're the results people, and maybe they're the teamwork um, and collaboration people. Um, all four of those work styles are all necessary on the team and they complement each other. But when you understand how each person needs to be treated, that's when you get into the platinum rule. Because when I understand, Scott, where you have to flex and stretch beyond what is innate for you, that's going to burn behavioral calories. And as your leader, if I'm asking you to do that and I'm not aware and giving you ample opportunities to, to express and to talk about those things and giving you what you need to make it easier for you, then you're going to get burned out and you're not going to love your job. Turnover is a big thing, especially post-COVID, right? It's mm -hmm. a huge, huge opportunity. Millennials are, you mean, the average length of stay for a millennial is 18 months, right? So making sure our employees feel happy and productive is a key, uh, key to our success moving forward, right? So that, you know, understanding how people work together and ensuring that they're happy and they're fulfilled and that they're engaged in their job, I think is really important. Um, hey, okay, so Dan is different than me. By the way, I you sent me the, the predictive index and you and I were talking about it and you, you said, oh, you're going to be a maverick just like me. And I took the test and I didn't get that. I got a collaborator and I was like, no, that can't be right. So I actually, I, I took it again and I changed some of my answers and it still showed up as a collaborator, which blew yeah. my mind, right? So it's why like- it, That's why it's scientifically validated, right? Because- it, it it promises that it measures what it says it measures. 
So I guess I am who I am, regardless of how I want to feel about it. Like, I, I want to be a mermaid, but I'm not, right? Okay, so, you know what? Huh. There are no good or bad patterns. Everybody is exactly the way that they are supposed to be. And Scott, you're perfect the way that you are. And so am I, and so is Dan. Aww. Yeah. So let's take My that daughter gets so sick of me saying that. Like, she literally, like, mouths it with that rolled eyes under her breast. <laughs> like... Because I repeat that a lot. Yeah, I, I use the mermaid reference. Um, uh, Robert Fulgham wrote the book, um, Everything I Needed to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. I don't know right. if you're familiar with that book. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, my, yeah. Yeah, one of my favorite stories always makes me cry is Where Do the Mermaids Stand? I may put that at the end of the show because it's great. Do not use this to close out a training. You'll weep like a baby. Like I love it. I know. So Dan and I are different. So. Using what you know from PI, right? Yeah. Well, how would you say that Dan and I work best together? I mean, it, you, you're our leader, right? You're looking at these behavioral traits. What, what, do you, what have you learned and how would you apply it? Well, let me tell you some of the strengths of your relationship between Dan and Scott. So Dan helps you, Scott, by supporting your ideas and creating a unified front when communicating your perspective to other stakeholders. Um, you're both friendly, expressive, and engaging in communication, uh, readily establishing rapport. Scott, you're able to encourage and act as a counterbalance when Dan feels frustrated by communication. And Dan and Scott, you're going to both communicate informally and on an ad hoc basis, and you're going to actively seek information when you feel it's needed, right? So those are some of your strengths. Now, when we look at some of the blind spots, Dan, you might dominate the agenda on occasion, and Scott, your ideas or concerns may get overlooked. Um, but Scott, that's because you're such a collaborator and sometimes you're just so eager to get the best ideas. Dan and myself, we are always going to like our ideas best. <laughs> you and Dan are steamrollers. You just yeah. steamroll no, everybody. Dan's, Dan's, actually, Dan's actually like moderate. I'm extremely so. Um, but... But again, these blind spots, keep in mind that when you're super, have self-awareness of yourself and others, that these may not be problems. So if, if Dan had absolutely no self-awareness, then he may interrupt you. But I, and honestly, just based on, on the little bit I know about Dan, I would not have guessed him to be a man, maverick. And that's exactly why you have to take the psychometric, because you can never assume just based on somebody's behavior like I tried to do with you, right, Scott, saying, oh, you might be a maverick. Nope. Um, but, you know, the tendency to rush conversations kind of would frustrate you, Scott. And, and Scott, you have a tendency to adapt or yield to preserve relationships. And sometimes it can limit the effectiveness of collaboration. Um, but you can have constructive conversations. Um, you may avoid formal communication modes. But that just means you're probably never um, either of you going to have great notes um, or anything to refer back to. That is true. My note-taking skills are just the worst. I take notes <laughs> that I go back to read and can't read them. <laughs> I can't read my notes. I'm serious. That's just, I, and I'll be honest, I'm shocked that Dan is a maverick as well. But after hearing all this stuff, it doesn't surprise me at all. And that's probably why we work so well together. Well together. So I, yeah. I can chime in. So the, you guys both said you were stunned by the fact that I was a maverick. And uh, when I took the test earlier today, and before I took it from the link that you sent, Jill, like it said you're a maverick. I was like, okay, it makes sense. And uh, looked over this stuff. And again, it's, it's, um, years of identifying like bad habits and being like, oh, I gotta, I gotta squelch that. I gotta, I gotta be careful. Um, that's awareness. That's not bad habits. Yeah. Those are also your strengths. Those are your superpowers that can get out of hand if left unchecked. Fascinating. That is so cool. You know, one of the things that I do want to pose, right? So I think that I think psychometrics can be a really integral part to an effective leadership development 
course, right? So if we get to speaking to my ID audience, right, those people that are lucky enough to to create um, growth opportunities for leaders, right, in their organization. So we're speaking to you. How might they utilize PI or something similar to bring um, value to the learning that they're trying to create? So that's the brilliance, and I think that's the thing that I um, have been most enamored with when it comes to PI, is that it's not just diagnostic, it's prescriptive, it's scientifically based, and it's like having an easy button. So in terms of leadership teams, there's, there's, a, whole, there's a whole model around talent optimization that this platform uses, and part of it is design, right? It's designing the right teams that are going to get the job done. And it starts with plotting everybody on a team and showing their work styles and showing, you know, where there's contrast and complementary um, work styles. And then it gives the entire team based on it does an algorithm to it and sciences it up. Right. And then it gives the entire team this team type and it gives you a strength and blind spots of the entire team based on the totality of the people on that team, then what it does, so now people understand themselves and they understand their team members. Then it takes it a step further and it asks you to to pick three to five of your number one priorities or goals that you have to achieve in order to reach the business results that you're looking for. And then what it does is it gives you um, what kind of a strategy you're pursuing. And so it might be you're a bolstering team pursuing a pathfinding strategy. And then the algorithm calculates the strengths and the blind spots of that specific team makeup pursuing that specific strategy for the organization and gives you areas of opportunity and suggestions on what to work on and grow to avoid the pitfalls that you could fall into, whether it be silos in communication, misunderstandings, conflict resolution. Um, and then what you do once you have this knowledge, it's literally like having people data that you can act on just like you would have financial data or you know, data about market analysis. It's, it's decoding the people and the team and the work it ha that has to be done, and then giving you a blueprint for how to move forward to best execute. And then, you know, when you layer on coaching, that's, that's a recipe for success because now you're self-aware, you're aware of what you have to do, what your teammates bring to the table, where you have to stretch or flex to work best together in order to get done what's expected of the entire team for success. Boom. <laughs> That's awesome. Would you recommend a good good idea, bad idea? Like I, I feel like it's important for those people of like minds to try to huddle together a little bit. Like, so if I got a class of twenty people, I might put the collaborators all together and kind of talk about. No. You don't think it's a good idea? No. Okay, tell me why it's a terrible idea. Because that has exactly been my experience. Like we did Myers Briggs. Okay, all you introverts, go hang on over there, and they're like, no, three people. No hanging out in the corner, <laughs> no. right? Okay. No, so, but if you have, if you're facilitating a class, knowing people's PIs before facilitating any kind of learning is a great thing to know because you'll know the people who are going to sit up front and people who are going to talk and people are going to share their ideas. And you're going to know the people who don't want to be called on unless they have something specifically that they're as well thought out that they want to share. So you're going to know on who the people you can just call on and put on the spot and who that will make absolutely uncomfortable and completely shut them down. Um, when you, because we are all different, we're all unique, we all work together. And it's, it's like, would you take all the red jelly beans out of a package of, I mean, it, it just, it takes it takes all kinds, and I feel I like really like red jelly beans. <laughs> I would totally do that, Dan. This maybe I mean jelly belly cherry jelly beans are kind of the best jelly beans. Yeah, yeah. I, okay, that was <laughs> a terrible. I, I like the purple grape ones too. Those are <laughs> oh, really no, good. No. You don't like those? 
Artificial um, grape is like I the agree. worst flavor ever. No, <laughs> artificial oh, banana it. and artificial watermelon. I cannot do it. Nope. Okay. Artificial anyway. watermelon's okay. Artificial banana is pretty gross oh, too. Well, if the team, you know, let's say you get a group. Okay, so <laughs> if I hear you correctly, like um, the benefit. Oh man. Everybody's exactly the way they're supposed to be and perfect I, the way that they are. I get it. But I mean, for me, I if I were to go ahead and put together a leadership seminar with the intent that these people are going to work together in some way, shape, or form, I, I think it's advantageous for people to understand who they are and then understand how they might better work together. You're just saying, and I agree, like be very, very careful about inclusivity. Like we want to make sure that everybody feels like they have a part and they have a role. Is that correct? Correct. And okay. understanding, and, and some people aren't going to, like, my recommendation, if I was consulting with you, Scott, if you were my client, on uh, using this instrument to promote your leadership agenda and development opportunities, I would say, first of all, everybody in the company should have, it, it should be part of the culture of understanding um, that like we identify another, another collaborator, a maverick, because it literally tells people how you want to be treated. Scott, you want to work together. You want to like talk things through. You want to be there and you like need a little bit of a steady pace. Right. Um, so if I know this about you, then I can treat you accordingly. And because if I treated you how I want to be treated, you would think that sucks, but I think I'd be doing a great job. It's like, well, I would totally want to be treated this way. Why is he being, you know, snooty about it? Because we don't all like the same things, and wouldn't it be boring if we did? See, I, okay, so this is this is this is the place where I usually get kind of squidgy. I don't know if that's a technical term. I'm gonna I'm gonna run with it. So it's it <laughs> it's that kind of stuff that makes me kind of like, because uh, prime example. Um, like looking over at my flaws, weaknesses, strengths, like competitiveness is a strength. But if somebody were to ever put me in competition with somebody else, my response, it, it has been when I've done this kind of stuff is to go to that person and say like, Hey, we're competing for the same goal. Let's work together instead. Let's go get this. You're a people oriented maverick. So it, it makes a difference where your, um, where these different dimensions lie in relationship to each other. And I am a task-oriented maverick, which means my dominance is higher than my extroversion. So I'm all about task first. So, like, I don't care how much I love you, Scott. If we're in a competition, I'm be like, you're going down, buddy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, bring it, sister. <laughs> right? You're going to be like, hey, I support you. You're going to do a great job. I'm going to try to win. <laughs> you know, we'll see how you do. And secretly, you're going to probably beat me because I'm, you know, just like, full of it i don't know about that but yeah but, <laughs> but, but um dan that makes absolute sense that you feel that way because you're people oriented so you kind of have like your eye on how things affect the team first or the people around you um and you're gonna that's gonna affect how these other dimensions play out so being self-aware of when and how those those factors come in is part of the awareness. And I will tell you that I hate details, structure, and rules, but I need it. And I don't function well without it. And I'm a military brat and a farm kid. So I have, I have this innate ability to, to just be able to do whatever works. But I have been, it's been beat into me to like really not break a rule. I mean, I've never taken a piece of candy out of the Brock's bin at the supermarket. I don't know. Do they still have those, by the way? Yes, <laughs> they do. Like, <laughs> but, but so even though I have a very low need for rules and structure, we still have beliefs and values, right, that are still part of who we are. And, and not just these drives come to work, but everything behind that. So these are just a very, uh, these are four areas that talk about, how you evaluate and generate ideas, how you best communicate, how you like your environment to be to get the best work from you, and how much data you need before making a decision. Do you like risk or do you not like risk? 
those those are the things that it tells us. It's not like a Hogan or a, a you know a Myers Briggs or, or one of these like instruments that is designed to really assess every single competency and dimension of behavior. This is a very simple psychometric used for the purpose of aligning talent based on those core behavioral drives. Fantastic. Hey, we need to start wrapping things up, but I totally appreciate just every time we have you on, Jill, I, I learned something and tonight has been no exception. So thank you so much for just bringing it like you always do. And I hope that we can have you on again. Um, I know that you've had some pretty exciting things happen to you in the last, since the last time we talked. Um, could you talk a little bit about that and help our audience understand how they could get a hold of you, especially if they want to learn more about Predictive Index? Sure. Um, well, everybody can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, I, I have more information to come on that. It's not all quite ready yet, um, but I will be doing just, uh, I will pick projects to consult on for Predictive Index, and, if, and I'm always willing to talk through um, anything with anybody if they want to meet or discuss it. Um, so they can reach me at my email address, jillsteel at icloud.com for right now. Um, but the other amazing news is my organization that I work for, Coach Hub, has just announced and launched Coach Hub Wellbeing, which has integrated um, wellness coaching into our solutions. And I think it's such an important you know, this is Mental Health Awareness Month, right? And and we're we're focused on well-being and making sure that employers need to realize that well-being isn't just for outside of work. Because when you're and PI speaks to this and and this self-awareness and really celebrating and understanding how people are and 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 showing them that you understand what they need. Uh, it goes a really long way to promoting that psychological safety and feeling of well-being um, and reducing stress in the workplace. So those are some pretty exciting things that I love to talk about. If anybody wants to talk about that, they can email me at jill.seely at coachhub.io. Or again, shoot me a message on LinkedIn. As I mentioned, I practice on safe social media and I will connect with anybody. That's awesome. Even even Sergeant Marjorie, what's her name? Tell her to hit me up. <laughs> like, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I have some single friends, some guys that, you know, I can introduce her to. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how about we not do that? Uh, thank you so much uh, for coming on. I think that's fantastic. Hey, quick note, everybody. Um, Leadership Minute. I was going to play the drop, but I'm going to choose not to because, Dan, you know what? I just, one minute is not enough time. It's just not enough time. So uh, I agree. I, I totally agree. Although it's kind of a challenge to try to get on all that groovy stuff into a minute. So, coming soon to this channel, we're going to be uh, launching about, a, um, you know, on an irregular basis, um, 10 minute, what I'm going to call leadership shorts. And Ooh. Jill and I are going to be leading that uh, along with anybody else that would like to uh, participate in some really awesome discussions around how we can uh, help people grow in a better way. So be looking for that. Um, it also gives us more time to um, chat with amazing guests and read baloney email. So, Dan. Scott. Could you go ahead and let our audience know how they could connect with us? Absolutely, Scott. Guys, if you haven't already, you can reach out to us on email at learningnerdscast at gmail.com. Email us some questions. Try to catfish Scott. Join in on the discussion. We want your emails. Uh, if you haven't already, like us on Facebook. We're at Learning Nerds. Lastly, if you're on Instagram, you can find us Fab Learning Nerds. Scott. Thank you, Dan. And hey, that's going to wrap it up for this week. If you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button 
Share it with your friends. Share this show with your friends. We want to grow a loving, supportive community, and uh, that's one of the best ways of doing it. If you could, you listen to us on iTunes or Stitcher, leave us a review. If you leave us a nice wordy review, we'll be sure to read it. It's the best way to get this show out to more people so they can enjoy all this great stuff that we have. And with that, I'm Scott. I'm Dan. I'm Jill. And we're your fabulous learning nerds, and we are out. I'd been left in charge of all the children in church. All the grown-ups had gone off to Sunday school. And we had this game called Giants and Wizards and Dwarfs. It was mostly a way to get a whole lot of people organized to do something really crazy and run around in circles and fall down and forget who won. And so my instructions to the children were very clear. Now you have to decide whether you are a dwarf or a giant or a wizard. And there was this, all this hubbub and there was this pull of the trousers. I looked down and here's this little girl and she said, excuse me, where did the mermaid stand? <laughs> I'm sorry, I said, there are no mermaids in this store. Oh yes, she said, I am one. And it was very clear with the grip that she had on my trousers that she was not going away until this issue was resolved. Where do the mermaids stand, she said. And I thought, uh, there no mermaids. I don't know what. No, there are no mermaids, but she was still holding on to my trousers. And I thought, this is one of the heaviest questions that was ever asked. She knew that she was a mermaid. And she knew there must be a place for her. And because I seemed to know what I was doing, that I would know where that place was. Where do the mermaids stand? All those people in this world who are different, who are not like everyone else who don't belong in pigeonholes and who are determined not to give that up. If you can answer that question, where do the mermaids stand? You can build a world or a universe on it. What did I say? Oh, every once in a while I say the right thing. I said, uh, the mermaids stand right here by the king of the sea. <laughs> and she understood that if I wanted to be the king of the sea, that was cool with her. So we stood there hand in hand, watching the giants and wizards roll by. It is not true that mermaids do not exist. I know at least one, personally, I have held her hand. Thanks for listening to The Fabulous Learning Nerds. You know, there are a lot of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention. Meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment of offerings. If you're, if you're thinking of giving it a try, if you think it would give it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com BE.